Welcome to today's devotion. Well, as we get into today's word, I just want to welcome you to BTC being the change church. Um, we're a small church, and um, as you know, we're still at the new phases and new beginning. But this is just some encouragement that I, I want to share with you this morning as we continue to talk about the full armor of God. Specifically today, we want to talk about the sacred and the secular. And I want to start off by asking you this question. Is there a difference between your sacred, your sacred and your secular? Is there a difference between the way that you act at church or around um, the people that you serve and honor God with and the way that you where you work at and um, the way you do business on a regular basis in your neighborhood, in your household. Is there a difference? Are you different around different groups of people where you're honoring God and you're not compromising to where that you are in some areas? Well, let's begin to pray and let's ask the Holy Spirit right now Father, I thank you that you're a God and that you see every single thing about us. Lord, we're asking as your truth comes here that you would expose any lies or any deceptiveness inside of us so that our souls and our body are in alignment with your spirit. Lord, you've declared us as holy. You've declared us as righteous. Now allow us to always stand on your truth and your righteousness. Lord, we thank you as you teach us through your, your holy word how we're supposed to operate. Give us clarity and allow us to be obedient to your truth. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to start off by reading the this first scripture. And I just want to set this up. You see, in Daniel chapter 1, you're going to see that Daniel was dropped in an area which he had no control of. Him and his friends, they were taken and they were put into this new society that they weren't used to. They weren't used to certain practices, but I want you to see how and how he decided to operate. And I need you to put yourselves there. You may be in a different place in your life and you may find yourself in a place where it's not necessarily where you used to, where things have changed. Um, you might be in a new position. You might be at a new location, starting somewhere off at in a new school, in a, a new neighborhood. And you find yourself in a different place in life right now. But I'm going to start off at verse five. It says the king assigned a daily ration. Everybody's doing something different where he's at now than what he was compared to from his finest food and from the wine which he can drink. And they were 
to be educated, nourished this way for three years so that at the end of time, they were prepared to enter the king's service. Among them from the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Meshach, and Azariah. Now, I need you to drop down to verse 8. But Daniel made up his mind that he would not defile, taint, or dishonor himself with the king's finest food or with the wine which the king drank. So he asked the commander and the officials that he may be excused and not defile himself. I'm going to ask this question, am I different with my sacred and my secular? What ways am I different? Am I different when I spend time with different people? You can say that just as Daniel did, then you can put your name in it to where it says Daniel, Hananiah, Meshach, um, Bashel, and Azariah was. When they were spending time with the other people, are you resolving yourself to keep your same commitment when you're at work? I'm going to give you an example. When I first came and took the job in D.C., I was not used to being around the happy hours and and everything that was going on. And I'm going to tell you areas of my failure. You see, I began to partake of the happy hours, partake of the different groups um, where people would get together. Back then, it was the BlackBerry, and they would have a, a group a group meeting on a BlackBerry, that means the meetups for different groups. And it was a, a design for if people wanted to get together to cheat or whatever, you can get the hookup. But the Bible says, is, says it like this, that there is no temptation, which is not common. But with the temptations, there is always a way of escape. But the question that you have to ask yourself, which is what I wasn't doing. Am I looking for the way of skate or am I climbing into the bed or sin or am I flirting with it? And that's what I found myself doing. You see, some of us believe just like I did, like I was strong enough that I had, I had this, this, this holier than thou and I can take it on. But the truth in the matter is, Great is he that is in you, meaning that the Christ is greater than you. But however, you can't give in to certain things. You can't just put yourself there. I'm going to say it like this. When God, just because God delivered me from debt and I'm helping others to get out of debt, that doesn't mean that I'm supposed to put myself right back in debt in order to help others out. I don't have to, just because God moved me from a different area, uh, from low income, I don't have to go back in to del um, um, and live in the low, 
low income area just to help others to get out of it. And sometimes I believe that as us, because we believe, well, I'm not supposed to just look down on the people and I'm trying to help them out. I'm trying to help out this person and get them out of sin. That doesn't mean that you're not supposed to speak to unbelievers. That doesn't mean that you're not supposed to associate it because we all were. God says that we all sin and fall short. But the difference is, is am I spending the bulk of my time there? See, if I have most of my friends are, I should have, if more of my friends are unbelievers than they are believers, then I must have to check on something. Because, see, I have to grow spiritually. I'm supposed to be growing spiritually. I'm not supposed to be tainted. I'm supposed to be tainting them and helping. Jesus Christ is supposed to be the one transforming them, not me. Let me move on in the scriptures. Turn with me to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 10, verse 21. Paul says it like this. You cannot drink both the Lord's cup and the cups of demons. You can't share in both the Lord's table and the table of demons, thereby becoming partners with them. Do we really provoke the Lord's jealousy when we eat food, sacrifice to handmaiden gods of pagan feasts? Are we spiritually stronger than he is? You see? So when the question is, or do you think you're spiritually strong? Certainly not. He knows that the idols are nothing, but we deeply offend him. All things are lawful, that is morally legitimate and permissible, but not all things are beneficial or advantageous. All things are lawful, but not all things are constructive to the character and edifying your spiritual life. So just because I can be around a lot of people and believers, but you must understand your your weakness. You must you have to understand where you are spiritually, just like Daniel. When in Daniel chapter one and verse 20, as he decided to be different, even as he was in that environment, you have to make up your mind. And what's the benefit of that? In verse 20, it says, in every matter of wisdom and understanding about in which the king consulted them, he found them 10 times better than all the learned magicians and enchanters. In other words, the more you decide to not compromise, your job is to not to compromise your character. You see, in Ephesians, we're talking about the full armor of God. And it talks about fastening on the shoes of peace. And I remember my aunt saying this thing to me. It is, when God give you peace, your job is to protect that peace, meaning that you don't allow people or things to drive out the peace in your life. When God has delivered you in a certain area of your life 
it doesn't necessarily mean that I don't go in and because I've been delivered from a lot of violence and every single thing and things going on in my life doesn't mean that I have to go and continue to partake of it consistently because what I'm doing is I'm cluttering my mind and my thought process up with those things. In other words, I'm supposed to, even though that I work in the secular, I'm supposed to have a different operating standard that God, that I am a man of God and I'm walking in the light of Christ. I'm going to show you this in Ephesians chapter six, chapter six, verse 15. It says, having strapped on the feet, the gospel of peace in preparation to face the enemy with firm footing and stability and readiness to produce by the good news. If Jesus Christ died, sacrificed his life on the cross in order for me to be free, my identity has been changed and I've been transformed by Christ. Then the enemy's job is to consistently remind me of all the things, all the guilt, all the shame, all the things that I went through. His job is he wants to keep me so involved and so connected to the things of my past. Well, if he keeps me connected to the things of my past, then number one, as we learned last week, the belt of truth, meaning that there has to be an alignment with what God says. And and I don't compromise between what my friend says, what the world says, but I stand on the original principles of God. That's my belt of truth that I'm staying on and I keep that on always. But then I put on my righteousness, meaning that I applied that truth to my life and I'm standing firm with the gospel, which is in my shoes. So I'm standing firm as things come up. I'm standing firm on those principles. And whenever those things get in the way, I am to remind myself what Jesus says about a situation. See, great is he that is in me that he that is in the world. So I don't grieve the Holy Spirit by allowing those things to contaminate my thought process. So what does that mean? I'm glad you asked. In James chapter 1, verse, verses 21, it says, So get rid of all uncleanliness and all that remains wickedness. Would a human, a humble spirit, receive the word of God, which is implanted, actually rooted in your heart? which is able to save your souls. So what he's saying is the word of God must be your root. I must go back, clear out the read, the, the weeds that's been of my past. Anything that stops me from hanging on to those things. Now, does that mean that I get rid of my, my unbelieving friends? No, that's not what we're saying. 
you're going to have unbelieving friends. You're going to have people that's just like you, you used to be because we once always used to be that way. Jesus didn't go. Jesus went into the the highways and the byways. He talked to people, but the the goal of it is, is he didn't compromise on his principles. And that's exactly, but in order for you not to compromise, you want to make sure that you're rooted and grounded in the word. And then it says, but prove yourself doers of the word, actively, continually obeying God's precepts, not merely listening, who hear the word, but fall, but fail to internalize its meaning. In other words, that's, it's not just reading the word, but it's applying it. And that's what we were saying, the breastplate of righteousness is. It's applying the word and, and, and not diluting it to yourselves. In other words, not compromising on the truth by unsound reasoning of the truth. In other words, for anyone who listens to the word without obeying it, he's like a man who looks very carefully at his natural face in the mirror. But once he has looked at it, he's gone away, he's immediately forgets what it looks like. So let me say it like this. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit by my actions, by the things that I do, in the secular, that's the reason why there can't be a, dis, uh, a difference. The way I am at in, in my relationship with Christ should not be different with the way that I act, no matter where I'm at in my home. I don't curse out my wife. I don't forget what the Lord has said to me, and then I act a different way. And let me show you what happens. The last scripture, I am to maintain my relationship with Christ and my sacredness. And this is how I'm prepared to fight off anything that comes my way. And this is um, this last scripture, Philippians four. This is what keeps me in peace. It says that do not be anxious or worry about anything, but in everything, every circumstances, situation, by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving. The secular and the sacred, is there anything that keeps me worried? Is there anything that I'm doing that keep, keep me anxious? Then that must mean that I am separating my secular from my sacred. Because the gospel the good news, which is Jesus went to the cross for our sin in order for me to be free, in order for me to be saved. So am I putting that cross in the closet and taking it down on Sundays? Am I just reading the word when the pastor or when uh, whenever I do devotions? Am I spending time with him and talking to Christ. In other words, am I making my petitions and giving thanks to him with specific prayer requests? And at the end it says at verse seven, it says, and the peace of God, the peace which reach reassures the heart, that peace 
that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's yours. So in order for me always to be strapped and have and I'm prepared to fight any situation and I'm able to fight off the secular, I must begin to invite Jesus and his gospel into every area of my life. It has to be whether or not I'm seeking his way of thinking or I'm seeking my own. Am I seeking his way of thinking or my friend's way of thinking? Friends and family, I'm going to close right here. But before I do, I don't want to, I want to extend this invitation to someone that may have compromised, may have found themselves outside and that have found themselves in a backslidden mold where they're fully have given themselves up to the secular. And they, they may be saying that my sacred is no more. I, I find myself where I'm just all secular. My thinking, the way that I'm doing things is all secular. Well, friend, I, I want to, you to invite you to pray this prayer with me. Lord, from this day forward, I thank you that you died for all my sins. I want to thank you that you rose from the grave. And I want you from this day forward to be my Lord and my Savior. Show me how to live fully for you so that I can walk just like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, family, if you prayed that prayer for the first time in your life, just reach out to me um, and I would love to pray for you. I just would love to keep you on a prayer list. Um, I want to begin to send you uh, some information in order for you to grow. All right. Have a wonderful day.